You ready? Yeah. <laughs> but we. Hello, and welcome to Entertain This, a podcast about movies, TV shows, and video games. My name is Hayden. With me, I have Mitch. Hello. And Tom. Hello, Tom. Today, yummy. 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 Today, we're changing up our formulae. Um, we're starting with a in-depth movie scene-by-scene analysis, and then we'll go on to whatever that, that, Mitch that, says that, at that, that point. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> And uh, but let's kick it off before we do absolutely anything else. Social media, Mitch. You can entertain this podcast oh. com, which will take you to our Facebook. He Twitter didn't page. say it. <laughs> what? Uh, there you, you go. go. You can go to our Twitter slash X, which is at this entertain. You also go to our TikTok and YouTube, which entertain this exclamation point, and our Instagram, which is entertain dot this. Mitch, I'm going to need you to drink some energy. And we're on Pod Nation. Yeah. Pod Nation. Do we, do we have some? You're down. Yes. Oh, all right. You're down here. I need you to You'd bring, be it, bring it up, up there. there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Do some. Just make sure you tuck in your shirt next yeah. time. <laughs> oh, God. You're, oh, you're no. lucky, people. This is a. I can't oh, yeah. see. Help, I'm blind. This is why we can't get on YouTube. <laughs> that would have been demonetization. Yeah, that's right. Right there. We don't have. You can't demonetize those who have no money. He just ripped his shirt collar to flash Hayden. That's okay. It's an undershirt. Uh, but Mitch, that's like one of the four shirts you own. All right, so uh, in-depth movie analysis, and we are starting with the classic huge suspects. I wonder if you're the right one. The, the, the usual the, suspects. The usus. The usus. Yeah. Yeah, are we learning our Kevin Pollock tutorial on how to do Jason Statham impressions is just to say six words as fast as humanly possible. You do mean. you know what I mean? But you basically go, you know what I mean? <laughs> just gravelly, yeah. You know what I mean? This summer, I'm the shark. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I would like to present some quick facts about this film before we jump into it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the 1995 classic film, Budget was $6 million. 95. 1995. Their budget was $6 million bucks. Man, I didn't think it was that old. Mm-hmm. Their box office was $67 million. Yeah. That's so a, that's a $61 million dollars this movie made against what they had to spend. That's a lot of money. Uh, as far as awards, the 2020 awards, I don't know what those are. But a Best Supporting Actor, Kevin Spacey, won. Best Original Screenplay by Christopher McQuarrie, won. And Best Editing nominated. He won an Oscar for both of those. Academy Awards, yes. Uh, Kevin Spacey won the Oscar for the Academy Award for <laughs> Mitch's guys. His notes to like cross check your notes. Yeah, I'm just sitting here. One Best Supporting Actor, uh, Christopher McQuarrie won uh, Best uh, Screenplay, and uh, Christopher McQuarrie. If you don't know who that is, he's now the director of the Mission Impossible movie. The, the very successful, you know, yeah. like worst Mission Impossible movie mm-hmm. that has ever came out. It's and even the, worse than Mission Impossible Two, which is saying a lot. Yes. The John Woo. <laughs> and then there's like the RTOs Awards, the American Cinema Editors Awards, the Awards Circuit Community Awards. 
That doesn't even have a hyperlink. It's just. Let's be honest. If it's not the Academy Awards, everybody mm-hmm. else views it as like the Great Value Award. <laughs> yes, uh, the Chicago Film Critics Association Awards. Uh-huh. The <laughs> Awards. I mean, Golden Globe nominated for Spacey. Mm. They, they knew what he was up to. Mm. The Saturn Awards. Where's the Razzies? Razzies? No. The Razzies. The Razzies. The Razzies. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, shut up. Cisco and Eber gave this movie like thumbs down. They were like, this movie sucked. It's like, even the parts I did get, I didn't like them. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, because, you know, first off, the rating system is, is stupid. Cisco and Eber, just thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> well, it was like, they gave it like one and a half stars out of four. Oh, so they have stars? Yeah, they did stars. Okay. And it's weird that the movies that they don't like, that everybody, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're pretty mm-hmm. good. So. I mean, I didn't like it. You didn't like the usual size. This, this is the first time I've seen the whole thing, and I didn't like it. <laughs> what? It was very bland and predictable. Well, so <laughs> like I thought it was like this mind game kind of movie, and I, I like, feel like if you didn't see guy. bits and pieces, and it was your first time like cold watching it from beginning to end, you probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. So, the, so Brian Singer, who is also problematic, yeah, he was like twenty seven years old when they pitched this movie. Yeah, because they asked, because I forgot what movie he did prior. But they they're at like a meeting and they're like, well, "What's your next movie?" And he's like, five guys meet in a lineup and do crime." And they were like, "Dude, do stuff with that." Mm-hmm. And then him and uh, Macquarie got together because they had ideas from like several films and like several ideas that they had been toying with, and they basically just merged them into one giant movie. And I was like, "All right, guys meet in lineup, do crime. Okay, sinister villain behind the scenes. Screw the police. Spacey." Yeah, yeah, but um, he was apparently like. Angry the entire time on the movie because Who was? Uh, Brian, Brian Singer because oh. like you know the actors are just goofing around. Yeah, and I think that that's a kind of a testament to to Brian Singer, you know, in in the sense of like maybe your crap ain't that good if <laughs> like the actors aren't taking it seriously, mm-hmm. you know. So well, because Spacey read for the part. Or, like, they sent him the script, and he read for it, but they didn't tell him, like, who they wanted him to play. They were just like, read this, tell us what you think. And he read it, and he initially wanted to play Keaton, mm-hmm. or he wanted to play Agent Kuyon. Okay. And then he was like, but this verbal Kent guy really interests me. Yeah. Because at the time, they didn't know what would happen with the part. Right. And they were like, perfect, because that's the part we wanted you to play. That's what we wrote you in mind for. Right. Gabriel Byrne had to be convinced, because he didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Because he was just like, I just didn't want to do a movie at the That's time. That's a great character for him. Because he didn't want to do it in the movie. Yeah, he didn't want to do any. And he, he was like, he, in an interview, he was like, I made the comment, like, you know, I, he's like, if you guys film this in Los Angeles where I live, yeah. I'll do it. And he goes, I didn't think they'd move the production to L.A. to do the movie. Right. And I was like, crap. Because like for like 24 hours, like he was out of the movie. Like they weren't, he, they were going to have to like try to recast him. And then eventually he was like, all right, I'll do it. Because he was Keaton, right? Yeah, he plays yeah. Uh, Dean Keaton. Who, who's a, whose character is a guy committing crimes that doesn't want to. So that's perfect. They're like dragging him back into the life. Yeah. And then they, Benicio Del Toro read for it. He read the script and was even just like, my character doesn't do anything. I'm not really important. He just mumbles. That he did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like he went to a coach and like learned how to just talk that way and like all these like bizarre ticks and things he was doing, like just to make himself be memorable mm. in the movie. 
Yeah, because he said it like his his character's only purpose was to serve as a warning by being killed off. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, nothing I say makes mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff he did was just improv, and like even like Brian Singer like confronted him about it and goes like, "Are you doing this like because you want to, or like are you just a this is how, like what's wrong with you?" you? <laughs> and and he's like, "No, he's like I'm doing this for the character. Like the, to me, this is the character." And Brian just went, "Yeah, okay, run with it, do it." Sure, as long as you're gonna, you're and he's, gonna act. and he's like, he's like, and he became memorable, and it was funny because like all of his scenes where he's talking, everybody's just like, no one ever understood what he was saying, <laughs> and everybody just would giggle about it and be like, oh, we don't know what you said, yeah. And then they had the, like, <laughs> like uh, what's his face, Stephen Baldwin came in for the movie, and he basically like ranted at Brian Singer and McCoy for like 15 minutes mm-hmm. about like what they wanted, what he was going to do, and all this other stuff, and like being like macho about. It. He's like, all I've done was like independent films. Where like they would just make a bunch of promises, never deliver, and at the end he's like Brian Spring, uh, Singer just looks at me and just goes, "Yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, you're gonna do what we tell you to do. You're not gonna be in the movie." Uh-huh. And he's like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> or we're gonna tell your brother. <laughs> we're gonna get Alec. <laughs> we can't afford him, but we'll get him somehow. <laughs> we'll promise him a lot of money. And then like Kevin Paul, like this was after a few good men. Yeah. And he was like, this is when I was getting, like, offered just parts. Not I had, like, oh, there's this movie you should try to audition for. Right. He's like, I could, I was getting shopped. Yeah. And they told me, he's like, they sent me the script. He's like, page five, I just called my agent. I was like, I'll do the movie. Yeah. I want to be in this. I don't care what they're going to pay me. Because they were all paid, like, a huge amount lower than their normal salaries mm-hmm. at the time. And, like, he was like, okay, well, Brian Singer's like, well, I got two guys coming in to read for the part. He's like, I want you. He's like, but I can't tell him, like, no. Right. Like, you can't come in now and audition. And he was like, all right. So he calls his agent. And he's like, well, I'm going to go and audition then. And his agent's like, you can't do that. He's like, don't do that. He's like, they're offering you the role. He's like, yeah, these guys, they're not going to get the part. He's like, just shut up. Yeah. So Kevin Bobby goes, I went and auditioned. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, and I got the part. <laughs> but pretty much a lot of their stuff that they did was, I mean, the script was pretty much tight for when they went to do the filming. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the improv happened with just the five of them. Right. <laughs> Especially the lineup scene. Yeah. And then pretty much every Kevin Pollock bit, like yeah. 10% of what he's going to say is what they wrote. The other half is just him going off the rails and doing whatever he wanted to be. Yeah. Everybody like holding their guns sideways and stuff. Yeah, the gangster shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the 90s. It was different. Oh, okay. They didn't have John Wick then. That part where uh, Stephen Baldwin has two guns and he's like crossing his arms back and forth. Oh, because he his- crosses and <laughs> cocks this, the one he just picked up. Does he? Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you noticed it. Because he's got the one, he picks up the second one, and he racks it against the like the butt of the gun he's holding to make sure he's got a round chamber. And then he's like eyeballing it, then he just freezes and just goes, yeah. and pulls both triggers and manages to shoot two people at the same time and kill them. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like, uh. All right, well, let's get to that when we go to that scene. All right, sorry. We went off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mitch is that's this podcast is, though. We should just rename this show off the rails. You're, uh, I know I was saving all my my uh, facts and stuff towards the end, but I guess we went ahead and started with them. So, so this is also spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> if you've never seen this movie, it was came out in '95. If you haven't seen it, that's on you. Yeah, yeah. it's like 30 years ago, almost. Yeah. So, God, that hurts. You're old. Uh, You're old, Brandon. Excuse me. Yeah, okay. So this movie stars uh, Stephen Baldwin, Gabriel Byrne, Benicio del Toro, Kevin Pollock, Chaz Palminteri, Pete Postlewaite, Postlewaite, Wait. Mister Soze, Kevin Spacey, Dan Hedaya, mm-hmm. who is the man with frizzy hair and the most outrageous five o'clock shadow you've ever seen in your entire life. 
Okay. And Giancarlo Esposito, mm-hmm. who I wrote in my notes. I, I didn't write his name from the movie. I just wrote uh, Gus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew who that was. Yeah. He, uh, he, he aged really good. He, he looks pretty much the same. Between him and Del Toro, I, it took me a second to recognize him. Well, Del Toro, like, they, like, like, they, he, so they like, trimmed his eyebrows. Yeah. Well, they like, yeah. really thin eyebrows for some reason. He looked different, but then both of them were just so young. I was like, you know, I was like, wait, whoa. <laughs> it's weird to see uh, Giancarlo Esposito to, to be, like, not a menacing character. Just kind of <laughs> like that wormy investigator kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see why he is what he is today. You know, it's just <laughs> something just so different. Yeah. Very different. Very different. Opening credits over Dark Waterscape. San Pedro, California, last night. Gabriel Byrne lights cigarette with many, many matches. Oh, wow, he's, like, doing a script. No, I'm not. Okay. So, I mean, the opening scene, obviously, um, you have, like, the San Pedro last night title card comes up, and it cuts to Gabriel Byrne, who you see <laughs> light a whole book of matches, light a cigarette, and he's, like, propped up against some crap on a dock. Mm-hmm. And he lights a fire, and it goes, and then the biggest stream of urine you've ever seen in your <laughs> I, uh, life puts it out. I was like, <laughs> from above, and, I, and in my head, I was like, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that is somebody pouring gasoline? Because it's, it's, it like. it's so yellow. It was so well that no, like that first initial like hit. It was like flash, yeah. like, like the a glass like out. the viscosity <laughs> was disturbing. It's like he was holding it in his hand before he dumped it out or and something. Not, not to mention the dude peeing was from like a flight of stairs up. Yeah, so yeah, to have like the, one deck up. Have the the pressure behind it to keep a constant stream. Well, I mean, he had gravity working in <laughs> yeah, his favor. Have you ever peed from high up? You know, six feet down, it just starts to dissipate. Yeah. It's like a waterfall. He had thick pee pee. Yeah, it was, it was hose worthy. It was impressive. It was like you, just a giant urethra. Just <laughs> <laughs> Every time you hear Hayden go in the bathroom, you just hear it in the background, like, Charizard. <laughs> like, Blastoise, use water gun. <laughs> so he pisses on the fire trail, makes his way down in his fedora and his overcoat, and he should have gone. Oh, God. I've been holding that in the whole time. He walks up to Gabriel Byrne, and he lights a cigarette. And Gabriel Byrne looks up, and he's just like, you know, he's like, how you doing, Kaiser? Mm-hmm. And he, he just doesn't say that. He's just, like, staring at him while he's, like, smoking his cigarette. And then he's like, you got the time? And he tells him what time it is, and he just goes, all right. He, like, closes his eyes as, like, the dude pulls out a gun, mm-hmm. gangster style, left-handed, shoots him. Is it important that we knew what time it was? Not really. Okay. I don't know why if you're going to get like killed, you need to know what time it is. I always thought it was going to be at 12:30. <laughs> My horoscope said 1:38 a.m. <laughs> you have to stand here another hour and 8 minutes and talk to me. <laughs> Cuz that's what he says. And that, but you don't see Gabriel Byrne get shot. Right. That's important. You don't see him physically die and you don't know who the and there's two shots for because he missed the first one, I guess. <laughs> he shot him in. He shot him in the side ah! before he could go. Ah! He went, oh, and he shot him in the face and killed him. <laughs> so the unseen man, he walks away and he flicks his cigarette and restarts the fire yeah. and blows everything up. It's like he had to pee on it just to like prove he could, just also, to make his moment. Also, like a uh, really impressive flick, you know, of the cigarette because. If it was anybody else, that that, that would have just gone out. You know, it, it wouldn't have worked. He like had to like scramble and like get and go. God, he had to get like newspapers and bundle them up. Like, <laughs> like honestly, and then they do a panning shot to like a a bit of dock where there's like a bunch of like obstructions, like boxes, ropes, and things. Mm-hmm. And they, they they do like a very slow zoom where like somebody would be watching. You don't see anybody, and then 
it cuts to Kevin Spacey and he's uh, testifying in court. Mm-hmm. And you know, like some like jury thing, they mm-hmm. got like the big spotlight on him, which no one does. And then it cuts where he's testifying, and then it's like it's all started six weeks in New York, mm-hmm. and now we have to go to uh, him narrating where he's like a trucking queens mm-hmm. carrying strip gun parts gets hijacked, and but the driver heard a voice like someone slipped up. The driver heard a voice, and then we have to go through all of them getting arrested and yeah. brought to jail, like Baldwin. He was asleep in bed. And he's giving him the like they like just bust into his room and they're just like on the bed with him and he just like rolls over and he's like get out mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and then like, do you guys ever sleep? <laughs> they get him. They get Pollock at like an auto body shop. But, like they're about to shoot him. He's like reaches for something. He just picks up a rag, wipes his face, throws it at the camera, mm-hmm. and it goes to the next scene. I, I thought that was kind of slick though. Mm-hmm. I, I like that a little bit. Uh, Del Toro comes like walking out and he like walks down the street and he goes around the corner. Then he immediately turns around. He's like trying to like duck. And then like the cops just pull up on the curb and they're like, okay, come. I wonder if Del Toro is like that in real life. Just like he, he's always like, I don't know, uh, coming off of drugs or something like that. You know, <laughs> he always looks like he just woke up. Yeah, and, and, and he looks like nervous. he's like halfway through like the heroin he's on, like yeah. going away. Like he's detoxing like, like nonstop. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 he, Every movie you see him in, you know, he's always like, they got that twitchy, antsy thing going. Well, for him. I just watched uh, Sicario the other night. Yeah. <laughs> the whole movie, he looks like he's half awake during the whole thing. Yeah. And just annoyed. When yeah, his eyes are like so <laughs> tiny. He's officially <laughs> detoxed at that point. His eyes have shrunk over years. Uh, and then we have Chaz Palminteri's character, Agent Kuyani, goes and arrests Keaton at a business meeting. Which, and he's like pitching this dumb restaurant idea to French guys. Yeah. Well, what kills me is it. At least it seems like he's got his alibi because he's with the other person the entire time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she's telling him that, hey, he's been with us. So he, it seems like he has his alibi. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's it's none, the 90s. You know, <laughs> you know how law enforcement was. We're pretty sure it's you. <laughs> Guilty. It's enough to take someone to jail <laughs> back then. And then we have the lineup where, like, hilarity ensues. Because the whole time, like that, like we were watching with Kevin Pollock, where he's like, N- they couldn't get through it without giggling. Mm. No take they got was them doing it one hundred percent the entire time. Right. Well, what's great, yeah, because yeah, is, is you see them like, uh, like visually, he's just like covering his mouth, trying not to laugh. Yeah, it's like it's cause, like well, I mean, <laughs> like they would goof their lines mm-hmm. on purpose, but they were all were doing it just to try to make Gabriel Byrne laugh. Mm-hmm. It's like, he was just so serious. Yeah. And it's like, he's like a big stage actor and like, he's been in a lot of important things and we're just over there just farting and doing <laughs> dumb stuff just to get him to crack up. And it's like, he's like, he was just dying every time. He's like, Bisa Del Toro walk up, fart, and they all go like, start to smirk. And then he'd be like, <laughs> and then like, show <laughs> me your hands. Well then, from what, from we what can I say read, that without hot sauce. What I just mumbled. You didn't understand what I said. I know. I, I heard exactly. No. I heard well, syllable per syllable. Uh, well, I mean that's part of the movie. That's oh. That, so if I if I say I quote a movie, no, <laughs> not the whole thing. Not like that. But I mean that's like a tale of the movie. Like mm-hmm. from what I was reading and you know researching, it proves that he's the one that did the whole gun uh, smuggling thing to begin with and like stole the guns because he's the only one that says that. He's the only one that uses that phrase then and then like two other times in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it kind of alludes to he's the one that did it all. There's also another bit, um, but I'll get to it. Like, uh, well, I'll just say uh, when Kuyan's interrogating verbal mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey's character, and he's like, you know, you lock up three guys for a murder that you think did it, and you would go to the jail cell in the morning, whichever one's asleep, that's your guy. Mm-hmm. When they're all in like the 
room like in the holding cell after the line and they're all getting brought in Kevin Pollock's the only one who's right. like sleeping exactly. on the bench <laughs> it's like huh. yeah. and, and another thing I read was that that they all just allowed them to act out that kind of like mm-hmm. on, on, you know ad lib that whole scene in the jail cell right yeah. just to see you know mm-hmm. You know what come of it, but he he is he's the only one that lays down to like mm-hmm. pretend like he's going to sleep. It's like the lineup establishes like the immediate camaraderie between all f- five of them yeah, mm-hmm. and their differences in characters and how they're all very similar and the, like they just don't care. Mm-hmm. And he just puts it all together where it's like these guys are going to do stuff together. But wait, another thing that kills me is when they brought them all in, they're interrogating them all. The only one they beat in the face is the richest guy in the room. Is Keaton. <laughs> I, or were they asking? They him, have no proof that he did anything, but they, they brought him in mm-hmm. and punches him in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where they tell, like, where they ask Kevin Paul or, or Hockney, they're just like, you know, I could put you in Queens of the night of the hijack, and he goes, I live in Queens. Yeah, you put that together <laughs> yourself, my son. You got a team of monkeys working back there. Yeah, which apparently he ad libbed. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, they ask uh, Keaton. Keaton's like being like, ar- like arguably like the most respectful one. Mm-hmm. Right? While getting questioned, where he's just like, either charge me or let me go. This and then it's like, you know, I'm, you know, he just like gives like one little flip it bit attitude, just boom, <laughs> punches him like right in the forehead. <laughs> and then obviously they make it to lock up, and they're all talking, and which is a terrible idea, but okay. Yeah, there's no put them all in the same room. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Keaton basically is pretty much alluded to that he's like hung up. The life of crime, right. and he's trying to go legit. The other guys aren't really having it, and then McManus or Stephen Baldwin's character is pitching this this uh, idea he has for a heist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where arguably the first bit that you get at uh, Spacey being Kaiser Soze, right? Because they're like, well, who's the uh, the gimp over here? And he's like, he's like, and he's like, his name's Verbal. And he goes, as well as Roger. He goes. They call me verbal because they say I talk too much. And he hasn't said anything the entire right. time around any of them. Yeah. And Kevin Potts goes, I was just about to tell you to shut up. <laughs> but Soze in Turkish translated means talk too much. We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. It's interesting considering that uh, the guy who saw Soze was Hungarian. Mm-hmm. Do they speak Turkish and Hung- Hung- Hungary? I don't know. I believe they speak Hungarian. Yeah. So, like, uh, why would it? You'd think it'd be Hungarian. Well, I mean, uh, other gangs can have beef with other countries. I guess. Well, just as we're, while we're on the fact of Kaiser Sose, the, the, I found out re- doing some research that Brian Singer actually convinced all the actors that they were Sose until the end of the movie. Mm. Like, he, he, he had revealed, mm-hmm. or, like, the way he had framed it for him is that they could all possibly be Soze mm-hmm. until the end of the movie is revealed. So that it's like a, like a giant murder dinner party, yeah. you know, game. You know, like, the first time I watched it, like, my 
mom and dad are sitting there like, you need to watch this movie. This is like one of the best movies you ever watch. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching the movie, and like my dad just pauses it before Kuyan goes into his rant at the end that it's Keaton. Mm-hmm. And he's like, who do you think it is? And I'm like, it's Keaton. And he's going, yeah, okay. And I was like, it's not Keaton. I was like, it's not Keaton. And I was like, it's Fenster. And I was like, he's not dead. It's a, it was a double or mm-hmm. something. Or I was like, or it's the lawyer. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, okay, <laughs> okay. And he just keeps playing the movie, and then obviously at the end, you're like, I'm watching him walk away, and I'm like, <gasps> the gimp didn't gimp. <laughs> I was also like, you know, 15 when I saw the movie, so. Yeah. Young, impressionable mind. Bro. My young and impressionable mind. I wrote many, I wrote many pages. Continue. Um. So that's obviously how they meet in the holding cell and lock up, and then they get released, and they're, like, talking about this job, and it's just, like, you know, this job that we had, like, it'd take five guys. And it's, like, all you know, all of us were in except for Keaton. Keaton took convincing. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to verbal going to Keaton's apartment, and he's, like, giving him the business a little bit. He's, like, you got a nice scam here with, like, the lawyer girlfriend. And he just checks him right in the nuts. <laughs> and he feels bad about it. That's he's, just like, I punched the handicapped guy. And I forgot, how did Keaton and verbal know each other before this? They, they in, did time together. Was it in Sing Sing? Was that where they were? Uh, I actually wrote it down. They had done time in county. They did ninety days. Oh, okay, okay. Because one I, of them was doing ninety days for fraud. That's where they met each other. I must have missed that because I was like, "Why would he even bother listening to this guy?" I, I thought I was thinking this was the first mm-hmm. time they'd met, but I couldn't remember. What else is that? Was like that verbal needs Keaton's word for his credibility as a criminal to get involved with like Fenster McManus and Hockney, mm-hmm. who were given their own like little brief synopsis where like McManus is like one of like the best entry guys. Fenster, you know, speaking Spanglish and pissing off the cops. You know, Hockney's great with explosives. What does verbal bring to the table? Oh, it's a good idea. Yeah, because he's the one who plans the op and pitches it to Keaton, and Keaton's like, no killing? And he's like, no killing, not if we do it my way. Mm-hmm. And then that's what sets up. But you, but you know that's not going to – it's not <laughs> – it's a it's – a, <laughs> You know that they're going to kill somebody you, with these other three not, guys. Not, not in the first, first not, not in the first one. job they pull together. They oh, yeah, don't. Yeah. I mean, they light a cop car on fire. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, you know, crooked cops too. So, but anyway, <laughs> so they get out and then uh, cuts back to present day where we're back and saying they're pulling bodies and covering the mutilated corpses. And that's where Gus Fring shows up with his fedora and his sunglasses, smoking a cigar, mm. and he's like. He's like, I'm so so FBI. Yeah. How many dead? <laughs> and the guy's like, 15 so far. They didn't talk like that. <laughs> but like, he Jason walks Statham away. Was in this movie? Yeah, he walks away and he just like takes another drag of his cigar. And he's just like staring intently at nothing off screen yeah. for like five seconds. Yeah. And then he just like flicks it and, and like walks away. And you're just like, why? Yeah. And then they do the panning shot of the harbor and all the destruction. Then there's just a dead body in the water, like, a mile away. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, was that body significant? Uh, Yes, that body does become significant. Okay. That's bathrobe guy from later. Bathrobe guy. Bathrobe yeah. Guy. Yeah, bathrobe guy. So then we cut to Agent Kuyan, where he's at the San Pedro like LAPD headquarters with Dan Hidea. And he's telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like one person arrested. There's 27 dead people. Apparently it was a ninety-one million dollar dope deal. Mm. That he's like, he's like, I want to know why ninety, like, why twenty-seven men died for a dope deal where there was no dope, mm. and I gotta know that Dean Keaton's dead, right? Like he, th- I don't know what Dean did to this man. Well, he was a cop. Yeah, in like the eighty, but he, 
Because Cunyan says later in the movie, he's been investigating him for three years. Yeah, they hate him because he was a cop and he mm-hmm. was corrupt. And, you know, cops who hate corrupt cops more than the average criminal. But he's not even like NYPD. He's customs. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But he was a security guard back in 1973. It's like, <laughs> shut up. You're junior varsity. <laughs> you don't even go here. He's part of the TSA. What are you talking about? So you don't even go here. Anywho. Uh, he wants to interview Spacey, and they're like, no deal. Like, he already got immunity from what he told. He's like, the governor called, the mayor called. Like, everybody's involved, involved now about whatever testimony this guy gave up. But he won't talk to him in, like, an interview room. He's like, we'll bring him up to your office. He's like, he doesn't, he's not going to know we bugged it. Mm-hmm. So that's how they get all of his story on tape, which, you know, wasn't kind of, true. Kind of violates the policy, but. It was the 90s. It was different. You could just do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Bring, a, bring an arrestee up to your mm-hmm. office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been charged mm-hmm. with anything. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to the hospital where Gus Fring goes to interview the burned Hungarian man. <laughs> the way he just, like... He's, <laughs> he's, like, getting, like, more and more angry. He goes, Kaiser Suze. <laughs> but the way he just, like, forces his way into the room. But he, he still <laughs> and he's agrees. still smoking. Yeah, he's still smoking, but he In agrees, a burn unit. He agrees to put the schmock on and, like, the, the not mask. You know, he's, like, a like an average COVID person. Yeah. Not wearing the mask the right way mm-hmm. and stuff like it's, that. He's, he's got the chin diaper. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, on the phone trying to get, like, somebody who speaks Hungarian. And the guy just shouts, like, Kaiser Soze. But, like, before he does, he's just, like, he's, like, you shut up. I'm on the phone. <laughs> and, the, like, the guy suddenly knows English. Yeah. He's no, shouting at him in Hungarian. No, let me ask the... The interview, like where they're talking to a uh, verbal and all that, is that over a course of just one day? Yeah, they had two yeah. Hours. Okay, this is a two-hour time. Two-hour. Okay, because yeah, I mean some of the stuff I missed mm-hmm. when I was trying to watch, but mm-hmm. like I just I was fixing to say, how long does it take for this mm-hmm. guy, the Russian guy in the hospital, to give out a description and then get mm-hmm. it to the police mm-hmm. station? But yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my train of thought for a second. <laughs> and like nod to me, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so um, Gus Fring, he's whoever he's talking to on the phone. He tells him to try to find Agent Kuyang because I guess they know each other. Uh-huh. And it's like Kaiser Soze is like a, he's like the Maltese Falcon yeah. of criminals. <laughs> this dude's the Godfather before the Godfather, right? Um, then you get a cut where uh, Verbal sitting in the police sergeant's office, and you just see him looking around at everything for like a second before they walk in. And they started immediately trying to question him, and he's just like, "I need some coffee." He's like, "I just get dehydrated." He's like, "One t- one time it got so bad." He's like, "I was pissing snot." Yeah. So they get him a cup of coffee, and then they get a uh, one for Kuyan. And you actually watch uh, Chas Terry take the sip, and you watch Kevin Spacey's eyes pan right, right. to the bottom they, of the they, cup. They push in real good to see his eye line, and then like w- like obvious that he fixates mm-hmm. on something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you watch the movie in the beginning, yeah. not knowing what any of it. Mm-hmm. You're, it, it's just like, all right, he's just staring at him. Yeah. Like, you don't really think anything of what Kevin Spacey's doing the entire time. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, some of that stuff later, it's like, oh, okay. But a lot of it, I mean, it felt like mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey's character. The whole time, it feels like he's making stuff up as he goes along. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, he is, but you don't know that in the movie. But it just feels like it. Because like he talks whole, too much. The yeah. entire time. <laughs> now, he tells me, like, the barbershop quartet in, like, Skokie, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, some dude that he was, like, orca fat. Tension's a killer. Uh, verbal says the coffee sucks. He used to pick beans in Guatemala. I would have called BS on that immediately. I'd be like, how were you climbing things right. and getting around in the jungle? <laughs> how did you get to Guatemala? <laughs> With your palsy. Yeah. He actually glued like his fingers together really? on his hand, so he he could never like not Uses do it. it. The only time he slips up doing like anything with his hands 
is there's one scene where he's no one's paying attention, but he lights the cigarette lighter with his left hand because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. he's left hand dominant. Right. Like he's like in the background, you just see him do it, and then he like kind of like <laughs> nobody noticed. And then we're like Kuyan kind of like grabs him, like you see his left hand come up to like mm-hmm. shove him off. So mm-hmm. there's little cues, little cues. Yeah. Cuts back to New York. Uh, Keaton's all pissed off when they get he gets released because he's all ruined by the cops, and he menacingly stares. Right at McManus and Fenster and Hockney across the street, like it's their fault. Like it's their fault for yeah, exactly. Like it's their fault. But I I like how like you know they're they're all like a pack of dogs, and he's like the one stray that like got a family, <laughs> and they're all just like you want to go back to the wild kind of thing, and and, he, and he's just like he just kind of like sort of like gets tainted, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I miss him. Miss the, miss the old ways. So then you get the job where they like the long airplane cut where they Kevin Spacey's voiceover throughout the movie where he's like he's like oh he's like let me introduce you to you know what we're gonna do we're gonna rob this jeweler that's coming in from South Africa smuggling in emeralds mm-hmm. and I'm like why are you smuggling emeralds I don't know <laughs> I don't, I just... <laughs> smuggling emeralds for twenty bucks a pop mm-hmm. <laughs> those are actually the emeralds in the movie those are genuine yeah I read that too that's strange yeah they brought in real jewels and stuff so. Mm-hmm. I was like, Okay. <laughs> they were like on camera for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. But they're real. No. Nobody could ever sit and watch that movie go, fake. <laughs> That's costume emeralds. Hayden. All right. So they get they do the job and Kevin Spacey's talking like, you know, oh, it's uh, uh, New York's finest taxi service. It's corrupt cops who for a couple hundred bucks a mile drive smugglers, drug dealers, and criminals around. It's like, you know, for however much money, it's like you get your own blue and white police escort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but they went like they were laying low because like IA could never figure out mm-hmm. like who they were and like they were just waiting for them to resurface. But they goes, they even had their own business cards. Yeah, it's like why you just pat advertising that out? Like, hey, are you a drug dealer? Hey, you need to get from point A to point B, and no one's gonna mess with you. It's before the internet. Call <laughs> this number. You could do whatever you want back then. So with this kind of money, you can get all the way to Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Look at you remembering lines. Yeah. So they pull off the heist. Uh, they box him in with vans. Well, what kills me is when they do this heist. There's one scene where they're, they get one of the guys wearing like the, the pantyhose over his face. Mm. He's yelling at the people in the car, like the cops in the car, but mm. his mouth isn't moving. It's that bothered me. It's because he's got pantyhose on. It was like he had ventriloquism. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just like looks over at him, and you hear the voice, but nothing. His face doesn't move. Because one of them like turns. I think it's Vicious Torb, but he's got like his arm up, like he's doing like the Dracula. Yeah, man. But he's got the shotgun in the other hand, <laughs> and he's just. And I'm like, I, I, he'd be the last person I'd let talk. <laughs> yeah. That boom hire. What was like the purpose of like ripping out the windshield? Well, I mean, we, effect. Well, I mean, I they boxed the car. They boxed it in, in between four vans. Yeah, so but they, they still got the uh, the the, the, the goods windows. through the side windows. <laughs> so I mean, you could, but I was like, you know, they're like right there in their face too. Uh, I mean, there's you could see that through the glass. Uh, everybody knows because whoever's on top of the car is like on top of the car, like looking at them upside down. Yeah, and then like they the. Uh, car in the front, the back opens, and it's Kevin Spacey just sitting there yeah. with an Uzi. <laughs> what kills me is I was like, he's sitting there with an Uzi. And he's smoking. Yeah. And there's, there's no way he he's can... He's got act. a little tear in his pantyhose. So he can smoke while he's doing this. <laughs> but he's sitting there aiming where one of his guys is on the hood, so he can't shoot unless he wants to shoot his own guy. Mm-hmm. And 
the other like he's if you look at it, he's the only one that can't be seen by anybody in the public. Mm-hmm. Because he's further back in the vehicle where the rest of them are all sitting in the driver's seat right. or on the car. Yeah. Anyway, they run for the money and the jewels. They light the cop car on fire. And they're like, you know, we leaked it to the press. Like, this is what happened. He goes, those two cops got indicted like two days later. And it's like, and then 50 other cops went down with him. He goes, our big F you to the NYPD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crooked cops, bad. <laughs> says the says the crooked cop that was on the hood. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, we took down the crooked cops. He's like, you know who I am? And he rips off the guy's badge and goes, now we do. <laughs> and it's like, that's a, that's a pretty ballsy move. Yeah. <laughs> pretty ballsy. So then they're at their little hideout, and McManus and Fenster are just like, yeah, we're going to take this stuff to our fence, Redfoot in Los Angeles. Redfoot. Redfoot. The bad guy from The Mask. Yeah, ba- <laughs> that's the, how I remembered him. Oh no, yeah. I wrote. Hang on, I wrote a uh, rapist guy from Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, about that too. <laughs> I didn't write rapist. I wrote buck fudder. Yeah, I, I recognized <laughs> him from the, as the bad guy from the mask. Yeah. I was like, what? Why is he here? Was his name Zed? Yeah, in uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Has he ever been a good guy? I don't think so. In anything? No. No. Some people are just like, like even if you did like a bounty commercial, like you, like you'd be the spill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stain your carpet. <laughs> I just made that up. I thought that was funny. Um, job, Tom. So then they all decide like, oh, we're all gonna go to Los Angeles. It's a good place to lay low for a while. Mm-hmm. Back to the interview room. There's a lot of cutting back and forth in this movie. Yeah, they they do that on purpose. I'm sure. I'm sure, like somebody somewhere did a whole editing. Expose where like if you edit it, where the narratives from the jumps are in a stream of consciousness, where like they all match up mm-hmm. to their perspective parts, and you just watch the whole Kevin Spacey interview, mm-hmm. and then you watch the rest of the other stuff in their own uh, straight through, it would be like a really boring movie. Well, yeah. somebody talked to me, or well, I say talked to me. Somebody's article that I'd read. Yeah, talk to me. <laughs> Someone wrote an article just for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mitch, read this. <laughs> but, but anyways. It, Every time that they start talking about Kaiser Sose or his name is mentioned, when it, it immediately will pan back to uh, Verbal sitting there talking and doing the interview. Yeah, they did that yeah. a couple of times. I noticed that. <laughs> I'm like, like right on the nose. That's why I was he, like, when I was watching this, I was like, so it must be him. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie's told by him. Yeah. But they purposely make it where he's an unreliable narrator. It, yeah. It's definitely a movie made to be seen once, mm-hmm. you know? And like, because when you go back, and you watch it again, and you're like, now that I know that Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze, you're like, okay, it's, it's way too obvious. Yeah, yeah, it makes <laughs> like, like how did fun. I miss it the first yeah. time? Because the first like, you you don't know what's really going on. Yeah. And then I mean, I mean, the great montage at the end where like there's like it was Keaton the entire time. Right. And you, I watched them. You watch the movie and go, he's making sense. Mm-hmm. Like I believe him now. And like in the car pulls up, and you expect it to be Keaton, right? Which would have been cool. And he's just like, sup. It's the gold lighter that, that is like the actual keys. Yeah, the gold lighter Kevin Spacey uses at the end of the movie or yeah. the one that he gets back is the same one Kaiser Soze is holding in the beginning. Right. Right. Okay, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same with the watchy. It's like an old-fashioned lamp lighter. lighter. Yeah. I mean, I saw it at the end, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize they had it at the beginning. I wasn't yeah. paying attention. And then, like, Kevin Spacey holding a cigarette like a European Nazi. Like, between, <laughs> like, <laughs> between his thumb and his index finger, like, with his hand underneath, like... <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, Doctor Jones. Nine. <laughs> now, was the uh, the story that uh, Verbal or Kevin Spacey tells about Kaiser Sose killing his family and then going after the others was that real or was that just made up? 
I don't know. I think it's probably like a Joker scenario. You I, can do it however you want. Well, because I was thinking, even if he is like some slick. I mean, maybe he's just like kind of sitting there fueling his own. I was going to say, even if he is some kind of slick, like, you know, criminal, I just don't see his character being that way. Because, I mean, if you're sitting there talking to a cop about this, like, you're going to fuel this outrageous character to put as much separation between that person and you. I I could see that, yeah. It's like, no one's going to believe Kevin Spacey's doing that, and I would like the palsy and, like, you know, he's an idiot, Mm -hmm. versus, like, mass-murdering lunatic drug smuggler from Turkey (laughs) shooting Hungarians in the face like it's cool and then whacking his whole family just because they were there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a good movie. It doesn't, I think, because there's been so many, there's been so many mind-screwy movies that have come out since then that this doesn't hold up as well. Mm -hmm. Um for like a modern audience, you know, and, and maybe that's why I didn't like it as much because I have seen stuff that I felt was better. Yeah, as far this as like was trying before to Inception, you. right? So oh, yeah. this was this was the standard before that. Yeah, yeah, and the thing that I like about this movie that a lot of people don't like is that there's a definite ending. Like you know who Kaiser Soze is by mm. the end, and a lot of people don't like that. They would rather there be ambiguity where everybody argues about who was Kaiser Soze, and you could kind of go that way, but I don't think you can. So. I mean, people said it was the lawyer. Yeah, but it's pretty obvious. It's, it's pretty. It's incredibly <laughs> obvious because the one guy who saw him yeah. and could ID him, or like you know, <laughs> had, had saw him, was just like, "This is who this is." Gives the sketch artist the basically just Kevin Spacey's face. Yeah, right. So it's yeah. like you're not you're not articulating your way out of this one. But it's funny though that this, like that would be not at all admissible in court. The fact that you got. A guy doesn't speak English talking to a translator talking to the sketch artist. That <laughs> may be influenced by how badly he was burned and right. hallucinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All he does is like just draw flames. High on pain meds. <laughs> Stick figure on fire. He <laughs> <laughs> just look. Oh, he pooped. It's on fire. <laughs> so then we cut back to the... Well, he's getting grill, uh, Verbal's getting grilled by Agent Kuyan, and he's like not buying this Keaton's retired, trying to go straight crap. I thought it was funny too that like they got the two mobster looking cops to yeah. be the <laughs> like, like the most Italian looking <laughs> yeah. like dudes. Well, cause yeah. I, I forgot his name, but the guy that's sitting behind the desk that's not the main interviewer, he is like the bad guy in all kids' movies yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've never seen him be a good guy in anything but this movie. <laughs> like, they, they typecast it a lot for different characters, you mm-hmm. know, but, like, the cops, they were all over the place with, you mm-hmm. know. So, like, uh, Giancarlo Esposito was just, like, you know, I guess, yeah. He all right, he's an FBI agent. Yeah. Right, cool. <laughs> didn't, didn't expect it to be that way, but all right. I mean, I could buy Chaz Palmateri as, like, a an official. I don't know. They just look like some, like, you know, uh, goon that you'd see in a, a Godfather movie just running around, you know, leave the cannoli. You know, like <laughs> running in with like a baseball bat or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, Le- Vito, come leave in. The cannoli. <laughs> take, leave the gun, take the cannoli. But then, anyway, like, he's giving like backstory about Keaton because they fuel Keaton a lot mm-hmm. in this. Because the cops wanted it to be Keaton. So, they, they, they honestly think it's him because he's, he killed, they, they're like, he was indicted like seven times yeah. in four years as a cop. It's a red herring. You know, it, it, like, if you have half a brain of a modern audience and you've seen a lot of movies that are like this, you're like, okay, they're pushing this guy a lot, which tells me that it's not that guy, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, all right. <clears throat> then we're back at the hospital. The burn man is getting uh, questioned, and, like, there was dope, but there wasn't dope, that they were buying people or a person. It's made of people. It's made of people. 
Um, he needs guarantees and protection because the devil was there and that he saw who the devil is. Yeah, the judge is like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, tell him to tell you what he told me. And he just goes, Kaiser Soze. And the guy goes, did he just say Kaiser Soze? <laughs> the way he says Kaiser Soze is so funny. He's like, Kaiser Soze. Because <laughs> he has an accent. He's and burned. Then, and, and, burned. Then, and then I, I wrote, police sketch artist springs into action. Scrub, yeah. scrub, scrub. I, I like the sketch at the end, too, because it looks like a third grader's <laughs> It doesn't look, like, great. No. But, like, what are you expecting? Watercolors? Pastels? <laughs> I don't know. Just some detail. I guess mm-hmm. like you can tell it's, like, a white guy. That's about it. Mm-hmm. A white guy with thinning hair. Yeah. <laughs> And then it cuts back to the interrogation. Keaton <laughs> is really hated by Agent Kuyan more. Uh, Verbal says he, he keeps telling him, he's like, I saw him die. Uh, Kuyan doesn't believe he uh, saw, Verbal I, saw Keaton get killed. I killed him. I, saw, I mean, I saw him die. Yeah. <laughs> and then Keaton goes, it was the lawyer. And Kuyan threatens Verbal. And he goes, there was a lawyer. And he, uh, he's just said Kobayashi. Yeah. And Kobayashi's the most unlike assuming name right. to Pete Possible. Because he's just like, Kobayashi, like, isn't that like... Japanese. Japanese, yeah, and he does not look no Japanese whatsoever. Mr. Soze would like my to employer, <laughs> my employer, Mr. McManus. Whenever he said Kobayashi in the movie, I'm always like Maru, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> and then I was like, the boys are back in L.A., and I'm like, rapist guy from Pulp Fiction is Red Foot meets with guys, offers them work. Keaton is on vacation. Yeah, yeah, I I, I like that. For some reason, the group just agrees that Stephen Baldwin at that moment is the um, like the group leader. It's because he knows Redfoot. So he's the fence for the Emerald Heist. He's he's also the biggest idiot in the in the crowd, you know. So, but he's uh, also like the most gun competent. Eh. And then, I like, mean, do you watch him move through the uh, at the end, like when they're yeah. clearing the boat? Yeah, but still, like, and then like the guy's like, "I got another job for you." And he's like, "What's the job?" They're like, "Dude, take a minute." <laughs> like you guys just got done doing yeah. jobs. It's like, go, go see a movie. Did they get three million a piece for the emeralds, or was it three million to split? I think it was three million to split. Okay, yeah, you can't retire off of that. But he offers them a job, and it's and then a fancy skyscraper parking garage. Uh, they try to rob three dudes. One guy's got a case; he won't give it up. And then yeah. him and Keaton wrestle wow. for a gun. Yeah, like that he doesn't he's just like he's yeah. just like staring at Keaton. Like he, he and like, Keaton's just like got a gun in like in this dude's nose. Yeah. And he's just like, Give me the kais. Cause he's like got the Irish. He's like, Give me the kais. And he's just shouting at him. Yeah. And then like the guy tries to pull a gun, they wrestle, the gun goes off, the two goons wrestle Hockney and Fenster. Hey, this dude was a cop. You know, he's watching a dude dig around in his in in the car. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder what he's going for. Like, I don't know, maybe Shoot him in the face <laughs> before bad things happen. Well, that and I noticed it was his wallet. If you look at one of the guys, the guy that drops his gun, mm-hmm. when Baldwin picks it up, it's a different gun than what he dropped. Unless it was like one of the other guys' guns. I, I don't know what pistol kind of pistol it was, but I noticed that when he drops the pistol, yeah. when they pick it up, it's a completely different And gun. he is wearing the dumbest hat. Yeah, because he's got like the leather oh. pants, like he's got like the biker outfit. He's got sunglasses and on, and he's got like the Civil War cap <laughs> with the Confederate flag. Like, so, and you're just like, almost, I'm, I'm like, who let him get away with that? The, the biggest goof in the movie, though, is when Giancarlo Esposito is talking to the Hungarian for the first time, and he's on this ginormous like brick '80s cell phone. And then they they cut away and then come back and he's on like a '90s cell phone like from the Matrix where it's smaller and skinnier. I'm like, how would people not notice? 
He ran out to Motorola and got his upgrade. He's like, your free upgrade is in, agent. And he's like, oh, crap. Yeah, <laughs> I can you know, use this for work. He had to use two hands for the previous phone, and now he's talking on a regular cell phone mm-hmm. looking thing. And you just think every number he's dialing, he has it memorized. That's insane. <laughs> That's why they were the greatest generation. I don't know. <laughs> there was no such thing as contacts. <laughs> there was no apps. Yeah. There was only buttons. And a little antenna you could pull up. <laughs> I miss my old. I had my first cell phone had an antenna. That was always the best part. Click. <laughs> and then you can actually hang up on people too. And angrily. Yeah, well, I can do that with my new phone now. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's gone backwards. You want you want to hear what it sounds like? Yeah. <laughs> if we cut the podcast right there. <laughs> Mitch, do that in post. Okay. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, Verbal shoots the guy in the car in the face after Alec Baldwin picks up the gun, racks it against the other gun, and does, like, a fancy John Wick thing and shoots both bad guys at the same time. With that, with a jerk, like, gah! <laughs> yeah, like, so dumb. Jerks both guns as he shoots to kill But you got to give Stephen Baldwin credit. Nobody actually died in this <laughs> place. <laughs> <laughs> that we know about. Oh, man. <laughs> in some ways, he is the better brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they bust open the case, and it's heroin, and Fencer's like, I said, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> what? And he's like, huh? How? Does <laughs> <laughs> he got, like, poop the entire time? Like, <laughs> 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 I don't know. He might. Uh, they meet at, like, the Korean, like, friendship bell, like, yeah. monument. Yeah. In California, in L.A. I guess it was just like a place with no people around. Where they yeah, just bad guys. No, there's no friends in L.A. O- only hardcore <laughs> criminals hang out here and meet to discuss the business. So Redfoot meets back up, and he's like, the job came from some lawyer, and like they're like obviously angry yeah. that it was just it was heroin and yeah. not money or jewels. Yeah, and stupid Stephen Baldwin and his like three friends with guns like point at like. The Redfoot's entourage with who them. have rifles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they all pull up. They all pull up like the same guy. Like one guy pulls a pistol, like the one who's like standing over next to him, and then everybody else pulls up like Ruger, like mini fourteens, yeah, with like extended mags. Right. And, and he's just like, oh yeah, bring enough you know gun in this fight. Yeah, why why even bother? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that cigarette flick though is pretty funny because you're supposed to hit him in the chest, but he actually just hits him right <laughs> in the eye. <laughs> Like it's right in the face. Like yeah, I think he almost hit him like right in the yeah, eye. Yeah, you see the uh, the ashes like, like, explode. He's like, God! And then like, yeah, that wasn't do supposed a... to happen. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but they kept it in the movie because it just looks so great. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, we're gonna use this. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to hit him in the chest. And they mm-hmm. said the reaction from getting hit in the face was so good. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I want to do that somebody one day. <laughs> <laughs> you better pick wisely. <laughs> so we go back to the interview, Gus. Fring meets with Kuyan. He tells him there was no coke. It was a burn Vic that said it was a, who said it wasn't even a dope deal. It was a person deal. And then like the the, the cripple mentioned a Kaiser Soze. Mm-hmm. And now, now he says it's a person deal. Did they ever find any people on the boat? Yes, that that gets explained later. Okay. So Kuyan busts in and goes, "Who's Kaiser Soze?" Mm. And he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it, yeah, my scheme. <laughs> you guys are gonna learn. And then we come back to the boys in LA in, in, a, in a pool room. They're just in a big, big, big old room with a pool table in the back. And they're arguing. And then the lawyer, like Pete Possible, is just standing there in the shadows. Like, if I don't move, they can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget he was in Jurassic World. He was in Jurassic Park, too. Was he? Yeah, he plays the hunter. 
Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. He's like the best part of that movie. Clever girl. <laughs> well, no, that's the guy with I the gigantic know. nose that gets eaten by the raptors. With the short shorts. <laughs> 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 so he calls them all by name. He introduces himself as Kobayashi or Kobayashi. And that he represents his employer, Mr. Kaiser Soze. And you watch everyone's butthole pucker. Yeah. But, but Kevin Spacey <laughs> alluding, or because he's just like, who's Kaiser Soze? Yeah, because he seems like, who is that? <laughs> who am I? I mean, who's that? <laughs> How did I get here? And then he leaves him like a briefcase because he wants him to do a job. He's like 91 million. He's like one day's work. He's like, Mr. Soze doesn't expect all of you to live. It's like, but whichever, however many of you do, we'll split $91 million. Which means kill everybody. And then, you get <laughs> and then Keaton walks up and goes, give me one good reason why I should kill you. And he just goes, oh, he's like, compliments of Mr. Sosa. He just puts a briefcase and just walks away. Yeah. And Keaton just doesn't stop him. Yeah. But actually, when he opens the case and it has, like, plans of the boat and he's, like, all the packets with everyone's name on it, the packets, as they're distributed, are in the order they all die. Yeah, I saw that in an article when I was reading and researching. So it just kind of explains, like, well, here you go. Yeah, yeah where he goes, Fenster, Hockney, McManus, Keaton's, and then Verbal's is the last one. Ba-ba-ba-ba. He also gives them, like, this as also where they reveal that Hockney was the one that stole the truck in the, to begin yeah. with. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> but he uh, then Kobe's like, he's the one actually set up the uh, lineup. But they got uh, Keaton's girlfriend, lawyer, got right. all of them out before right. Kobayashi could get there. and. Yep set him up to do all the other stuff. Right. Because it turns out over years, they accidentally robbed Kaiser Soze's, like, secret to-dos. Yeah, yeah, all of them have done something to, like, screw over Kaiser Soze's plans. And he's like, the only reason none of you were dead is because you should know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because nobody knew that Kaiser Soze was manipulating. Like, uh, he's just going to give nuclear bombs to, like, you well, know, it's like this Pakistan. was going to be used for this in Pakistan, like guns to be sent to Belfast. He's like, Kaiser's, Kaiser's up with some stuff. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, we'll do the job. Yeah, that's fine. Well, because all of them are arguing like they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like a little coerced Redfin to testifying that they're the ones that killed the dudes in the garage. Mm-hmm. And then he makes sure, like, you know, so $91 million cocaine deal. It's like, you know, whatever money changes into us, but destroy the cocaine. Because <laughs> he talks like this the whole time. <laughs> I'll throw away. What was his last movie before he died? Oh, it was um, Inception. Yep, he was, was it Inception. Uh, was it the the town? No, it was Inception because um, he was actually a dude playing um, a dying man, a dying in a bed. man in a deathbed. Yeah, it's like perfect. You're actually dying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> so they're sitting there going through their packets, and they're all just like shocked, and because McMahon just goes like. Everything I've ever done since I was 18 is in here. In fact, like everybody I've ever done time with, every job I've pulled is like everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Hockney's like, they got to be cops. He's like, they're setting us up. <laughs> He's like, they're LAPD, man. Yep. I was hoping you would interject <laughs> at, at some point. Because uh, you have notes, uh, don't you? Not for this movie. Oh. oh. Mitch, That's, you're reading along. Yeah, I'm going along. Mitch is making sure like I'm doing this movie in order. Yeah. How am I doing so far, Mitch? You're doing good. Doing good. Thank you, Mitch. <laughs> Thank you. So, and Fester's like, you know, who's Kaiser Soze? And then Verbal says in the, they come back to the interview with him and Agent Kuyan. Verbal mm-hmm. says, he's maybe Turkish or German, like nobody really knows or no one's ever seen him or know anybody who worked directly for him. Is like, I knew a guy who knew a guy who claimed 
he worked for a guy who worked for Kaiser Sose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like he's got like you know three generations down of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like the Ario Speedwagon song. It's like heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. <laughs> but then he gives him like the great quote, or one of the great quotes in movies, like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Yeah, and they say it's a quote from the movie, but it's a quote from, from Baudelaire. From, from, yeah, from a, from a poet. Mm-hmm. But they, they tried to play it off like it was an original quote until they realized well, that it was. Well, the original the quote has, like, fancy words. Yeah. <laughs> like, 18th century. Those like, don't fo- count. Like, like, you know, 18th century, like, you know, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Philosopher words, like, lay and these and that's. So they made it dumber for us. <laughs> so we knew what they were saying. Shorter, grunnier. Yeah, it was from a French poet, Charles Baudelaire. 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 So then they, we get the exposition that he was like a Turkish mobster. He was small time running dope. The Hungarians wanted him dead. The Hungarians busted into his house while he wasn't home. They raped his wife. They had all of his kids tied up. Kaiser comes home. And they're like, we mean business. And they like slit his son's throat. Mm. And, go, and Kaiser goes, and Kaiser Soze showed them what willpower really meant. And he just shoots his whole family mm-hmm. and then shoots all the Hungarians except for one dude who he left alive. And he's like, then he killed their, them, their parents, their parents' friends. He burned down their houses where they played, where they worked, everything. It's like everybody died. All of Hungary. He killed the entire country. One man with a revolver. It took 38 days. He had to reload 195 times. It's very efficient. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then he does like the, and like that, he's gone. Yeah, he just disappears. I, he's done all these yeah. horrible things and mm-hmm. just fades into the nothing. And then he becomes like a myth. He's like, he's like a spook story. Criminals tell their kids, like, if you ride on your pops, guys are so he's going to come get you. The Baba Yaga. <laughs> this is way before the Baba Yaga. So then the cops go and they talk about, like, Soze. And it's just like, yeah, it's all, you know, rumor. It's mm-hmm. like no one's ever seen him. No one, no, like, they got nothing on this guy. And there's, like, some other, like, guy who's, like, working a case. And he's, like, as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Which is like all like the rumor mill they've ever heard is just like in a file. They're like they got nothing. Right. So Kuyan wants to offer Spacey protection and Verbal is afraid of Soze. So he's like, no. <laughs> no. And but, but he already has immunity. Mm-hmm. Like diplomatic immunity. Kapow. It's just been rumored. And then we get Burn Guy and Sketch Artist, where you don't hear him talking, we just hear music. And she's <laughs> scribbling away. <laughs> And then it's like, boom, back to the interview. And you're like, oh, God, the quick cuts, the quick cuts. So then, like, the next day, Fenster's gone. He took his share of the money, left a note. And was like, okay, guys, good luck, goodbye. And he goes, later that night, we got the call from the lawyer where we could find him dead on a beach in a cave. (laughs) Yeah. They said this was a public access cave that was only accessible during low tide. Yeah. But they just, just going to bury him under the sand right there. I mean, with his hands, with their hands. Yeah. I mean, how deep are you going to get with your hands mm-hmm. in a quick amount of time? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I've never been faced with this conundrum before. They would smell it. It would. You would smell the dead body. Yeah. This is like the questions, like you know, at the end of like a uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like, what is your name, Hayden? Like, what's your favorite color? Indigo. How fast can you bury a six foot one man who weighs one hundred ninety five <laughs> pounds in the in the sand in uh, Los Angeles? In a low tide cave. <laughs> in August. Twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we get ejected off the bridge into the pit of despair. Anyway, so they go through, they bury uh, him, and then he's narrating, and he's like, Keaton, you know, wouldn't let him run. He's like, it's like he wants Kobayashi. They're going to kill the lawyer. Fancy building. Mm. Kobayashi and Entourage walk in. 
while the other guys are suited up as like maintenance dudes. <laughs> I don't know what job specifically they're there to do. They're they're wearing like blue coveralls. Janitorial services. <laughs> he is a sanitation consultant. <laughs> It's a no-show job. You didn't wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, so they get him in the elevator. You didn't sing happy birthday three times while you're washing your hands. <laughs> That's how long it takes. <laughs> so McMahon, he shoots Kobayashi's guards. They get him out of the elevator. And they, they're like, you know, so he's not real. Like, you're full of crap. Like, who do you work for? Who are you? And the lawyer is like, you know, and he's like, if you say Sose's name one more time, I'm going to kill you. And he goes, Mr. S- my employer. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, before you do me in. <laughs> Can I finish my meeting with your <laughs> girlfriend? <laughs> and like they go and look and like she's there and she they're doing like some extradition case, which ends up being slightly important later. Well, I, what I want to understand is how do they just kill the two guys in the big glass cased elevator with blood on the windows? Mitch, it's Los Angeles since the nineties. In the middle of the day, and nobody says a word. They're, they're used to stuff. This like is that. the same city that suffered Nakatomi, <laughs> Mitch. Just wondering. It's Los Angeles in the nineties. People are getting shot all the time. They're more they're more worried about like disappearing into the ocean, you know. Suppressor on your gun or not. Yeah, they're more worried about volcanoes. (laughs) I thought I heard someone's phone break. Um Mm-hmm. Boys survey the harbor after the job, and it's like a logistical nightmare. And they're all like, "It can't be done. Mm-hmm. Like, like we can't do this." And then Mingo's was like, "You know, there's a will, there's a way. It's like we can figure it out." Kids was like, "I can't believe we're all about to go in a certain death." And even though Kids was just like, "Well, you guys are <laughs> just saying." And then sunset over the harbor, go time. Yeah, as the boys are lying in wait, McManus in his sniper position. And you got Hockney planting explosives. The Van Rye's like, the eagle has landed when he talks into his wrist. And then Keaton's telling Verbal's like, you know, you hide here. He goes, if this doesn't work, get the money. Go find my lawyer girlfriend. Tell him what happened. And he's like, tell her I tried. And he just goes <laughs> off to go be a criminal. And you're just like, go get him. <laughs> Ironically, like, they're likable. I don't know, like. I mean, yeah, they're killing bad guys. and But they are bad guys. Yeah. But like, I can't help but kind of like hope they get away with it. That's that's the thing. That's how they get you. And I like how McMahon, he's going to snipe with an AUG, with yeah. a bipod and a sniper scope on it. <laughs> and then when they do like the whole uh, go time thing, I, I love the part where they just like you hear, like you see one of them's walking down the dock. And then, but you hear the voiceover of Stephen Baldwin singing like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's for me. Shut some guys. <laughs> As he's like counting them off. He's like, what? Yeah. Well, like in the little script or the little scene that they show, when he shoots the AUG, there's no suppressor on it at all. No, it's just, <laughs> it's just it was completely quiet though. When you, when they you see the guys drop, so mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny. Well, it's because there's distance. You'd still hear the yeah, gun go off. I know you would. <laughs> Did you hear something? I just like the balls on Keener. He just walks up like with his peacoat and his hands in his pockets, and to these Hungarian mobsters. Or Argentinian guys. Mm-hmm. I think they're Argentinian or something. Or they're whatever. <laughs> and he walks up. <laughs> and he goes, hey, how you doing? And they're just, like, all standing around him, like. Okay. Like, who? <laughs> why? Who? Are, are you? Are, are you here for the dope deal? Right. Who bro- Who sent you? <laughs> and then explosions. Many, many shootings. Many people That's a dying. very durable boat. <laughs> it was a dirt. Because it, it, it had explosions all over it, on top of it. Well, they blew up stuff on the dock. Yeah. 
as the big distraction. And, then, and at the end, they they blow it up on top mm-hmm. of the boat because you know mm-hmm. they flicked the cigarette and mm-hmm. yeah. And like when Giancarlo Esposito is there, like investigating the bodies, it's still floating. Mm-hmm. It's a good boat. It's a good boat. Yeah. That's my boat. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, <laughs> I let some Hungarians use it for the weekend. <laughs> Same universe. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So then, like, Hockney goes off. And, like, he pulls, like, a really smooth bit to shoot one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy's guarding the money, and he runs up shouting in Hungarian at him. The guy's like, oh, cool. And then, bow, and he's shot in the face. And he's like, nice. Mm-hmm. And then Hockney gets shot while looking at the money. Oh, no. Blood. Kevin Pollock, blood everywhere. He shouldn't have looked at the money. And then he turns, like, the really bright light on his face. Yeah. I don't know what that was about, but then. He was deer in headlights. <laughs> it was a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then Kuyan's asking Verbal in the interview again. He's like, why didn't you run? He's like, I was scared. Well, I feel like the, the whole light situation with Pollock is basically because it was like a symbolism of his realization of what was happening. Where he turns. Like, because he realizes it's spacey. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, holy. <laughs> And Fester in the background. I told you. He'll flip you. He'll flip you. <laughs> what are you talking about? In English, please. <laughs> that should be a whole episode, just us trying to talk like that the entire time. A butcher. <laughs> Gus IDs the body in the water Turns out uh, he got shot twice in the head Argentinian guy Who named like 50 dudes To like get out of prosecution mm-hmm. And he goes And for his grand finality Kaiser Soze Yeah Soze Back to boat <laughs> Shocking or, or sorry Cowering is a man in the bathrobe mm-hmm. Who was the man Who named Kaiser Soze Hiding in his room while there's just gunshots and screaming yeah. happening all around, and this guy like opens the door and he's just like, "Shut up!" And the guy's like, "He's like, you gotta get me out of here." He's like, "The comedy guy." He goes, "It's Kaiser Sosa!" And he just like shouts it. <laughs> and then we get like multiple shots of the boat, and it's like all shots where you don't see anybody. Yeah, a lot of quick cut shots, kind of mm-hmm. like at the end of like Halloween, right? Where they show places that they'd been. Well, they show. They said supposedly they show that like stack of ropes and stuff. Because Verbal's talking about that's where he was hiding the whole time. Mm-hmm. They keep showing you those ropes that he was never there. Mm-hmm. So. You want to know something else they show you? What? When they show the bathrobe guy in the room? They show the fedora and the overcoat that Kaiser Soze's yeah. wearing at the beginning. Yeah. Mm. That's the only time you see it in the movie, <laughs> except unless when someone's wearing it. Um, Keaton McManus, they sweep the boat for dope like a SWAT team. I mean, they, they move pretty well. McManus more so. Uh, the rope man, or robe man cowers. Reveals no cocaine. There's no effing coke. Because I don't know why he had to say it like that. <laughs> like his accent just busted through. He couldn't contain it. It was all like, huh? It was like, like, all like out of his nose. <laughs> it was a big nose. Because he snorted all of it. Yeah. He doesn't snort lines. He snorts verses. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. Uh, Verbal like runs around. He's just like, but this gimp run. Yeah. It's, uh, it's gonna be exhausting. Yeah, I wonder how many times he tripped over himself to do that. Well, he actually filed down his shoe, so it actually like if anybody would notice oh. that, like you know, he had like the wear and tear of like always dragging his left foot around. Really? <laughs> uh, McManus decides to get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, cowering man shot by unseen man. Mm. Verbal hiding outside. Keaton outside signals verbal. 
McManus exit. Strangest thing. And then drops dead with a knife in the back of his neck. Mm. No more Baldwin. Baldwin, fine. Uh, Verbal goes to the van, finds dead Hockney. Unseen man shoots Keaton in the back from above while Verbal hides by the van. Interview room. Mm. Agent Kuyan doesn't believe Keaton got shot. Verbal afraid to shoot the devil in the back. And he's like, he was your friend. Why? And he goes, how do you shoot the devil in the back? And he holds up the, the my strong hand. Yeah. <laughs> and he just goes, what if you miss? <laughs> and it's like, you're right-handed. <laughs> Not left. Even though, really. Pierre, man in suit, descends after the giant fire hose of pee. Yeah. Puts out the fire. Verbal goes to the hiding spot we see from the beginning of the film. Uh, suit man lights up cigarette, shoots unseen Keaton. Sets on fire, leaves. Mm-hmm. Interview room. Guy on boat could swear to Soze's business and his identity. He knew him. He could. That's he could put the finger on. Go. That's Kaiser Soze. Mm-hmm. And like Keaton knew um, the Gus. Uh, hang on, Gus's lawyer was Keaton's girlfriend or guy's lawyer for the issue. So that's how they connected. Where Keaton's lawyer was brought in by Kobayashi to coerce them to do the job to release this guy. So when he figured it out, he had to like put this whole montage together so he could shoot the guy who identify him, and then you find out the girlfriend's also been killed too. Oh wow. A lot of happening. A lot of happening. And Keaton goes in this like or Keaton, Agent Kuyan goes in this like amazing rant where he's just like, It was Keaton. It's like he had all this, he set all this up, and he's just like they're just giving you everything. And you're mm-hmm. watching like all these cut throughs of Keaton doing all the stuff Kaiser would have done. Right. And it's so believable because it makes all the sense in the world. Right. But that's what they want you to think. It's too easy. You're not going to fool me, Macquarie. <laughs> <laughs> Hospital sketch gets fit, uh, printed, and the guy just goes, you have a fax machine I can borrow? Like, it's like really creepily to the nurse. <laughs> I, Owen Wilson was like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Technology. Um, what's his face? Key, uh, verbal decides he's not going to, you know, turn state's evidence. He's like. Effing cops. Yeah. And he cries and shambles away. Yeah. <laughs> or he's getting his stuff back. And then Dan Hideo, the sergeant guy, and Kuyan are talking. And he just, like, looks at the cluttered board. And he's just, like, sitting there pondering. He's, like, chuckling to himself, like, you know, yeah, I guess Keaton's finally dead. I did it. Mm-hmm. I got him. And then he just looks, and then he just drops the coffee mug. And it's, like, music starts to intensify a little bit. And the suspense. Mm. Um. Gus walks by the fax machine and looks at it and just like he, like he grabs it and rips it off, but you don't see who it is. Or he's like looking at it. I don't think he rips it off. Yet. He just stares at it. Kuyan runs and he's trying to find verbal. And then you get the verbal walking out down the street. The right. car starts to stalk him because he gets a shot from inside the car right. at him. And then you see him fix the walk. And then he's walking in his hand. He like flexes his hand and he like stretches, lights his cigarette with his left hand. Mm-hmm. Gets in the car with the lawyer and then he drives off. And then you look at the sketch and it's, it's Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he gives the quote. It's like, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was his readings. And he goes, and like that, he's gone. And then, end of movie. <laughs> Until the sequel. The well, usual a, suspect. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, wait, what? No, I think they... No, it was a Bollywood... Um, Spinoff? Sp- uh, remake. Remake, yeah. Called Chocolate. Oh, okay. I mean... For the movie, it's kind of fun. like you were talking about Roger Ebert. It's on his most hated list, but it's also on the 1,001 mm-hmm. movies you must see before you die list. Yeah. So you're like one of the very few people I know personally who has seen this movie and just didn't like it. I just, 
I find it boring and predictable. You're boring and predictable. Well, probably. I remember showing <laughs> this to my friends in college. They were like, oh, we should, like, oh, let's just hang out. Like, we're all of us were just sitting there in like the big party house we had. And it's like, oh, we should just watch a movie. And I was like, you guys need to watch this movie. And maybe if I'd have seen it when it first came out, but I have. I've seen better, mm-hmm. like, crime, you know, manipulative mm-hmm. movies. Was like, um, that was, like, one of my best memories of watching this movie. Like, there's ten of us just sitting on couches watching The Usual Suspects. Everybody's kind of talking, like, over it a little bit, like, in the beginning. And I just slowly watched everybody start to pay attention, like, as the movie just kind of started was picking up. And eventually, every no, nobody was saying anything for, like, the next hour and a half. Everybody's just staring at the television. And then it ends, and my buddy just picks up the remote and throws it. goes, I hate you. <laughs> he's like, him the whole time? He's like, they're just throwing it in my face. <laughs> he's like, get out. And he's like, come back with beer. <laughs> God, it's such a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a classic. Classic, uh, you know, kind of uh, modern, kind of grindy you know mm-hmm. who who did it? You know, uh, it, it's like a old fashioned murder mystery, but it's a neo noir. Yeah, and it's very well acted. Right. Yeah, I mean the, the performances and stuff are really good. I just mm-hmm. the story I wasn't a fan of. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nobody went. Oh yeah, I'm Kaiser Soze. I mean, it probably <laughs> you got better. three minutes. <laughs> It'd been better if somebody was hitting the face with a chair. I'm just saying. Yeah, Mitch had to use too much of his brain. To no, I did. That's the problem. Yeah, it's supposed to be this like mind manipulative thing, and it was just like. Let me pitch hey. it to you this way: Mitch has two brain cells, and right now they're competing for third place. <laughs> he was the bad guy. Yeah. Ah, well, that was Tony. fun. Good job, Don. Good report. Thank you. All right, now we're doing it. All right. Well, that was a good show. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for suffering through that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I really like this movie. I think you should check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, if you've obviously went through this entire thing, you know pretty much exactly what happens. But I will say it is a great movie to watch the first time. I did enjoy watching it times after because mm-hmm. you pick up on a lot of little things that are going on yeah. that you're like, oh, I missed that this other time. Oh, oh, wow, I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely worth it. It's, de- it's probably one of the best movies the last 30 years. While I did not like the movie, yes, I would say you should at least watch it once. There you go. See? You're coming around to it. No. Anyway. I'm not coming around. I'm just... just this was our deep dive into a movie. The, that movie was, again, The Usual Suspects, the 1995 Brian Singer film. You should check it out. I'm Tom. With me, I had... Hey, Dad. And... Mitch. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs> We're gone. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. <laughs> <laughs>